The ocean is a breeding ground for aberrant creations. Pressure and struggle has formed some of the most peculiar Pisces on the planet. But one fish wanted so badly to skitter along the ocean floor like a crab, they could almost reach out and touch it. But not with an ordinary fin, with something much more bizarre. The sea robin may be strange, but it's no deep cut of the deep. It's one of the most common family of fish to be found. But sometimes when circumstances get you down, you just have to crawl towards life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Paul Chomo. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about the marine of the marina that can swim, fly, and crawl. But more on that later. It does all of the things. It does do all yes. the things. We are talking about the spiny red... Gernard. <laughs> Gernard. Gernard. <laughs> Gernard. <laughs> yeah, spiny red Gernard. Gernard. Call him Gurney for short. That's I, that's what his friends told me to call him. Gurney Mac. <laughs> Don't Gurney me. <laughs> um, but it's also known as the Sea Robin. I don't know why. The Sea um, Robin I've, I've is seen the entire this family. I don't think any of them look like robins. It might be because of the like wing-like fins. It's just oh, it's like a bird, and guess what? What a bird is? It's, robins are birds. <laughs> but it's funny because um, a similar fish to this is the red-lipped batfish, which we have covered, and now we're doing robin, bat, robin. Oh. C C is for Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Estes for Sparrow with a machine gun. Don't you get it, Batman? <laughs> um, okay, but we're also going to call it here Helicopter Hands. And James Cameron's Being John Malkafish, The Way <laughs> of Water. What the heck? <laughs> There's so much there. There's a little bit to unpack, but I think I'll, I'll, if I remember, I'll talk more about it once we get into the major fact. Um, I don't expect anyone to understand that. Right off the bat, because I was just trying to Frankenstein a bunch of references together. So, how about we taxonomize this instead? Sure. Sound good? Uh, so, this is in a kingdom you know, love, and are in. The kingdom is, of course, Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. You also uh, are in it, whether or not you know or love it. Uh, the class is Actinopterygy. That's fish, bony fish in particular that's not a not cartilaginous fish like rays and skates and sharks um the order is 
Scorpaniformes. Scorpaniformes, yeah. Uh, the suborder is Platycephaloidae. Didn't botch that at all. Platycephaloidae. Dei. D-E-I. Like deity, right? <laughs> Dei. <laughs> um, the family is Triglidae. That one's easy. The genus is Chelidonichthys. There we go. Chelidonichthys. Kind of like spiders are from like Chelicerata. Chelidonichthys. Uh, the species is Spinosis. Chelidonichthys. Spinosis. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Nitty gritty nomenclature. Because it's a fish. You know what fish, what fish do when they hang out? They learn. They swim. Oh. They go to school. <laughs> they get their degrees. They <laughs> do their homework. They keep a planner. They forget to write things in their planner and then forget to look. Well, they remember to write things in their planner, but then they forget to look at it. And so they don't do their homework in the first place. So the planner was useless. And I don't know why they made me write. Never mind. This is about the fish. Um, do you think in a school of fish, ichthyology is in the social sciences? Um, I think it's more of a, that's like, that would be geopolitics. That'd be like their health class. Oh, so it's like us studying biology. That's fair. No, well, when you study biology, a you human biology. study animals. Yeah. Like the, the I was, I was going to say biology, anatomy. but I was like, you don't, yeah. Anatomy. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, there's gotta be a class where you learn about human biology, <laughs> but you don't, there, I don't, I never took an anatomy class in, um, in high school so all right i actually i've never i haven't taken an anatomy class at all uh bibby has because she's a nurse she's had to take it like four times but um yeah i did that wasn't in my high school so the, uh, that's why i was like closest thing i got to like a human anatomy class was health where you got to talk about all the fun things yeah we had that i feel like people i remember people took anatomy but i didn't take anatomy taking physics or chemistry or something at the time yeah i took marine biology that's fun yep i yeah i loved it speaking of which yeah so nitty gritty nomenclature we have chelly chelly denichthys spinosis so joe what does that mean (laughs) Um, does that mean a spiny swallowfish, b walking glowfish, c spinning spine fish, or d blue sailed fish? It cannot possibly be blue sailed fish. I will be upset if it is because the word spine is in it. I'm going to go with a. Walking spinefish, you said? Spiny swallowfish. <laughs> That's the one I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the walking one was the walking glowfish. And I, yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about that. So, yeah, final answer. So, you're really sticking with the, the idea that um, spinosis or spinosis is for is spines? Yeah. Like spiny? Yeah. Okay. It's either spiny or spinning, but it cannot be blue. 
So that's your final answer? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You're correct. Oh, Spiny swallowfish. I was afraid I was going to have to turn over the tables if it was the blue <laughs> one. Just break your computer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ch- uh, Chelidon is uh, Greek for the bird swallow, like the swallow bird. Um, and then ichthys is fish. And then spinosis is, you're right, it is spines. So, well, what is Chelicerata? That is a, another thing we've done before. I don't remember. I can look it up though. It is oh, spite, uh, spiders. Yeah, that's what I mentioned earlier. But I don't know what it means. Interesting. Maybe it has something to do with spindly little legs. Uh, cool. I don't know what it has to do with swallows. That's a W um, for me. Yeah. So, v do you want to know what this for thing? Victory. V, <laughs> v for victory. I I want to do the V in the camera, but I do not remember which one Churchill did and which one is uh, a uh, if slur is, in the UK. If it is fa- no, it's um Japanese schoolgirl style. Like whenever they take a picture. So then you flip it around. That's 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 the UK version of the middle finger. If you flip it around, if your knuckles that, are facing someone, and that's bad. the V V for victory. If you're, it, oh, I guess your knuckles would be facing somebody either way. If the palm of your hand is facing the person, that means vic- victory, and that means good. Okay, and that's the Japanese schoolgirl. Yes. Okay, there you go. V for victory. <laughs> um, for those who are watching. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you want to hear what this thing looks like? Sure, because that's interesting. So this looks like. Oh, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's like a lionfish, just without all the all the frills and chills." Um, it kind of has this bottom feeder shape, kind of like the Snowpiercer train, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's got eyes on the top of its head. Um, which further reinforces the whole bottom feeder uh, thing, um, and just like kind of kind of a long, slender fish body. Uh, it has blotchy red and white scales all down its body and on its tail, uh, and it has these you know bright yellow eyes with big black pupils. Horrible uh, yellow eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing kidnapped Aunt May, <laughs> and she she was really confused. Um, and also drowning, but the uh, the dorsal fin on this guy uh, is bright red, and it has Davy Jones's black spot on it. Like this is a pirate sail if I've ever seen one. Um, it's so it's a large black spot and it's ringed with yellow. So it looks like yeah, the dark. It looks like the dark sign from Dark Souls, like the the big eclipse in the in the in the sky at the end of Dark Souls three, um, but. What I noticed, it also looks like a looks like a, one of the, this fish's eyes. So it just look like a bigger version of their eyes. Um, so, uh, but the, the the real party, and I mean party, is in its pectoral fins. Um, and pectoral fins are like what Nemo uses for arms. For so the dorsal fin is the thing on the back, like where a. Uh, where uh, um, like a shark's, you know, 
uh, yeah, characteristics. Literally, their back, be, not the back yeah. of the fish, but the back of the fish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The tail um, fin is on the back of the fish, but the fish's back is the dorsal fin. Yes, and so the pectoral fins are the ones they use to steer, mostly, um, and then the caudal fin would be the back one, uh, or I mean the <laughs> yes, the back of the the yeah the the tail part. Um, so yes, the pectoral fins for the 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 sea robin, the gurnard. <laughs> can't get over this. Um, all right, so the, these giant horizontal green discs um and it's just so weird it's like this this blotchy red and white fish with these bright green discs sticking out um and those discs are ringed with like a fluorescent bright blue uh and bright blue dots throughout it so i mean it just suddenly looks like a kid's um like under the sea bathroom uh shower curtain um it just looks so fun and festive and bright and uh it's, it's just it's so basically what you have is just this like long goldfish with pretty fans glued to it and it does kind of look like um like something from pandora from the avatar world i think they want at one point like he touches like a, a lizard and then it has this big ring that comes and it flies up and it, that uh, a big disc from its head and it's it's ringed with like orange and so like when i saw this is like oh this, this is just like that except you know real <laughs> yeah it's just it's just so odd that like it's everything else about it looks like a normal like a koi fish just red orangish and white blotchy like like a koi fish and then there's just these bright blue and green fins sticking out like it's just some sort of chimera um but it's cool i like it yeah but this is so i think we're talking about the entire family of the triglidays the sea robins mm -hmm. and this is one of the uh this is kind of midway in terms of size um, a nice average for, for these guys yeah so what is midway joe oh welcome to the blood measure up segment the official listeners favorite part of the show the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms to, through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com we don't have a new measure up intro this week but we are going to go back into the archives to revisit the greatest hits Speaking of listener interaction, um, this this animal comes from a suggestion from Eliana, and she suggested other ones too. So this is going to be she's she's provided a treasure trove, a font of new topics. Thank you. Yeah, come thou font of many critters. <laughs> Give us things to talk about. She says, I love this podcast and learning about all these cool animals. In case you are in need for animal ideas to cover, ideas for animals to cover, I wanted to share three animals that I think are cool. She says three. I'm going to keep those behind the uh, the DM screen uh, for, for future reference. <laughs> the DM screen. 
<laughs> can I roll to see like what the what the trap insight is? roll? Uh, she ends with, thanks for letting me share these cool creatures with you, and I'm looking forward to continue to learn about interesting animals. Thanks, Eliana. Thanks, Eliana. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Do you remember that one? Um, no, but the the the, the, the uh, recording was saying the numbers. What are they saying, right? Yeah, is that a Call of Duty reference? Black Ops, yeah, the first video one. Yeah, the first the, first what, one. The numbers, Mason. Yes. Yeah. Um, that that's yeah. from uh, Andrew. Is that Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says what I the only he's he's the only person that has ever quoted that line to me. So, <laughs> well, he when he sent this in, he said what I think every time a Measure Up segment comes on. Yeah, well, I also live with someone named Mason. So, <laughs> imagine how many times I think about you it. You lived with you. You made several choices to live <laughs> with someone named Mason. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't, I don't regret any of them. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you don't just live with some. You've designed this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I really, from, from the get-go, as soon as I played uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 and I found out what the numbers meant, Mason, I was like, I need to live with someone named Mason. <laughs> and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this happen. Oh, man. if you, Whenever Mason starts, like, playing with blocks with, like, numbers and letters on them, you have to just <laughs> say that constantly. The numbers, Mason. Or the, the fridge magnets. I just, like, f- from the moment that he can start speaking and, like, caring about numbers and stuff like that, I just start talking, like, in a Russian accent, like Gary Oldman's Reznov. <laughs> <laughs> Mason, what is going on here? What are the numbers meaning, Mason? <laughs> and then he's like, Dad? <laughs> you probably, sometimes I change my voice and he gets, um, he gets scared. <laughs> Like, I'm a different person. <laughs> like, I'll be like, hello there, Mason. And you'll be like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's still me, I swear. Someone hasn't taken over me and possessed my body to say, like, weird weird stuff. I can just do that. I'm just, like, that talented, you know? So let's talk length. They're 40 centimeters, or 16 inches. How many spiny red Gernards go into the height of the Overturn Bridge in West Dunbartonshire, Scotland. A bridge that is famous for a series of unexplained canine bucket kickings since the 1950s. What is the name of this place? Uh, West Dunbartonshire. Dunbartonshire. Yeah, that's that's about as uh, UK as you could possibly get, I suppose. Um, there's like a castle or an estate uh, called Overton, not like the Overton window, T-O-U-N, but I'm sure there's Overton, Town. Overtone windows. Overtones. Uh, so anyway, here's a hint. For some unknown reason, over 600 dogs have unexpe- unexpectedly and suddenly leapt from the bridge, resulting in the deaths of 50 of them. 
So that gives you how, a little bit of idea of how like we're talking. Survival. We're talking about the height. Yeah. So explanations range from the activity of malevolent spirits to radio waves that send dogs into a frenzy. The leading theory, however, is a combination of factors. The surrounding flora is home to mice, squirrels, and mink, uh, the latter of which was first introduced to the area in the 1950s when this all started. Overgrown foliage, when entering either side of the bridge, may also trick the dogs into thinking they are passing by a wall with level ground on the other side. And when they leap onto the downward sloping wall, it's too late to reconsider. So they think that the dogs catch a scent of mink, which they've done studies, and dogs, like even like well-mannered, well-behaved dogs, vigorously run after where they catch a scent of mink urine. Hmm. Um, cause they, their predator instincts kick in, I guess. And that, and they, so they think that they're catching a whiff jumping onto the wall, but the wall thinking like they, there's just ground on the other side, not knowing there's a drop and the walls are also sloped down. So you, a, a dog will just slide out if they try to land on top of it. They'll just slide down. I gotta see like a picture of this because walls and bridges just don't compute. Don't uh, don't look it up yet. Okay, well I won't, but I'm gonna guess thirty. I'm gonna guess that this uh, that this bridge is forty feet high because I can't imagine it going any higher and a dog surviving a fall from that height. So um, I don't know what the lethal. F- height is for a dog but i'm sure that whoever f- the the guys who filmed um milo and otis do know um <laughs> so i and i don't have them on speed dial so i'm gonna assume it's 40 feet and that the answer is 30 because these are 16 inches long a little bit more than a foot i don't know what happened but you got really close but you're kind of far so the correct answer is 37.5 feet fish Okay. But the bridge is 50 feet high or 15 meters. That's pretty No, that close. makes sense. Yeah. It, is that, it's, it still checks out. Is that nursing school quality grades? Oh, yeah. Um, that is an 80%. Hey. That's a W. I've, I, yeah, that's, that's what I would get in my anatomy, anatomy class. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. I mean, not awesome that a lot of dogs have died on that bridge keep your dogs on a leash when you're visiting this bridge when you're Um, visiting uh worcestershire scotland (laughs) (laughs) uh i think they a lot of them survive because it's so overgrown under the bridge that like there's a lot of like branches and bushes to break their fall like yeah you can kind of just you can just jack sparrow your way all the way to the bottom like he does in the second movie we just watched that recently and i and i was like that's ridiculous and that and and that is far from the most ridiculous thing that happens in that movie <laughs> topical um yeah <laughs> yeah this 2000 remember 2007 <laughs> well i mean because jonathan deep is has been in the oh i forgot i don't care <laughs> i could not care i know less about celebrity interpersonal drama i don't understand why this is on everybody's minds right now who cares stop oh my saying goodness. that it was real to me 
Um, <laughs> oh gosh, I can't wait for like this to get off my news feed. I, I through this whole every time something like that would come up on anything I was looking at, I uh, the the part of um, the fugitive where the FBI agent says I don't care, or the marshal says I don't care. That that plays over and over in my head. <laughs> Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, goodness, they are, uh, they are actors, they're celebrities, they, they are settling something in court. I don't understand why a single human being should care about that. Just make more movies, I guess, when you're done, right? <laughs> Let's talk. I didn't mean wait. to be topical, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're a pound. I read that if you caught one on land, you're probably going to catch a pounder. Um, but then like, if you, when you find a pound and a half is getting to be like, this is, this is a good catch territory. So a pound and a half, uh, which is 0.68 kilograms, 680 grams. How many Gernards go into the weight of the largest species of crab? Oh, Wait, wait, what's largest? Is it the Japanese spider crab or is it the coconut crab? I think we're going with Japanese spider crab. Because I think one is more massive and the other one is just... Uh, you're right. I think space. maybe the uh, coconut crab might be heavier. But let's talk about the Japanese spider crab. Uh, here's a hint. This Japanese spider crab is the largest uh, with a claw-to-claw length of over 12 feet. Yes, yeah, the largest arthropod in the world. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But they're thin. I think they're, uh, like, their carapace is only, like, a foot or more, maybe a little, in that area, much smaller than their overall, like, leg span. Yeah, they're like daddy long legs. Yeah. But just 12 feet. I mean, you can't imagine. They are are very skinny. I'm going to say 30 pounds. Because I've never lifted one before. We oh wait, so then the answer is thirty. We're going by one pound, right? Mm-hmm. No, pound yep. and a half. Pound and a half. Pound. Oh. And a half. Twenty. I should have known that right off the bat, but I don't. So twenty. Twenty. Uh, sea robins or gurney gurners gurnards go into the weight of one of these the spindly boys. Final answer. Yep. The correct answer was twenty-eight fish. No, there's no way I'm. There's no way that's an eighty percent. Yeah, <laughs> the crab can weigh up to forty-two pounds or nineteen kilograms. Yeah, that's a seventy-one percent. If it was eighty percent when I when I said thirty and the answer was thirty-seven, then there's no way that it's eighty percent. If I said twenty and the answer is twenty-eight. Yeah, that's. A, I know math. A tough, you can't trick me. It's a tough loss. The kind of loss that my sister thinks is the least compelling. Yeah, this is this is the worst. <laughs> I was close, but no cigar. Yeah, <laughs> I need. I need, either need to be right on the money or just like astronomically wrong. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint. If you're astronomically wrong, it's crazy because it's like, whoa, the thing is way bigger or way smaller than I thought. And also, whoa, Carlos has been doing this for like four years and still doesn't know how the d- diameter of the earth. 
<laughs> I feel like this should be on a cheat sheet or something. <laughs> but it's not. Maybe it will be someday. But I should just, like, remember it, but... It took me long enough to remember that there were 5,280 feet in a, in a mile, and that's just because of Remember the Titans. Do you remember how big an ounce is? In grams? No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't... I haven't... I haven't... Uh, it would be helpful, for sure, to understand grams. Um, but I don't. So, maybe if I watched Breaking Bad, it would make more sense to me. But I don't. <laughs> so... Anyway, that's all, right. all I got for that. Do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact? I do. So this boy lives in the northwestern portion of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, so it and it's it is a bottom feeder. Um, so it's not like free swimming a lot. It spends a lot of its time on the seafloor. It eats things like worms and crustaceans, uh, mollusks. Sometimes some small squid, whatever it can get its hands on. Uh, it's very, it's not very choosy um, when it comes to its food. Um, and uh, I think a lot of the behavior has to do with the major facts, so I'll leave that to you. But they do have something that's unique. It's called a drumming muscle. And uh, it allows them to make a thumping sound uh, by hitting its own swim bladder with this muscle. So it's just, it just takes... <laughs> One of its organs that's filled with gas, and then it just beats it like a like a balloon um, to to communicate. So there you go. That's what Rush. the fish says. Is <laughs> so um, yeah. And then I'm, I'll, I'll leave it at that since we're pretty far into the into the, the episode, and I think I think it's major fact time. Okay. Plus, I, I can explain my nickname. Okie dokie. So, major, the major fact I'm titling Walking Rays. So, upon first glance, the sea robin might look like any fish except for its striking wing-like fins and the colorations you mentioned. But when you look closer, you may notice it crawling along the seafloor on what looks like, a cr like crab legs. But these legs, quote-unquote, articulate individually and allow them to feel around the sandy floor making this fish look like some sort of crustacean chimera it's another another animal we're doing that seems like a chimera like a mix between two things and that's not just because it has these like this fan these fans glued to its chest yeah so these legs aren't legs at all instead they're adapted spines that come from the structure of their pectoral fins. So just another refresher, you already reminded us, but the, the pectoral fins on a fish are the fins located on either side. And then the ones on their underside in the front are their uh, um, pelvic fins. And then the ones that you would think would be called their pelvic fins or something else that we talked about last time. And I, I, I reserve the right to not say that. <laughs> uh, so sea robins have large Dumbo-esque pectoral fins but a few structural spines from these fins branch off during development to become independent of the rest of the fin so when, it, when you look at a fish fan and you see the like rigid structures that kind of give it its fan-like shape um, mm -hmm. 
it's those Pringles, spines. Pringles, the, the ruffles. Yeah, the ruffles shape. Um, three of those on each side uh, are branched off. They're not connected to the web. Not connected to the to the fin by by webbing. Um, and these the, from the web. these spines are called walking rays. Um, each one of these rays is supported by unique muscles that allow them to be articulated individually. So not only mm. are these like fin like things not connected, there there are they are the fin, but they're not connected, but they can move individually. So it's creepy and weird. Uh, tentacles. Walking rays support the fish while they look for food on the seafloor. And it may help stabilize them in strong currents. And um, it's just a little bit better for bottom feeding than, than just swimming along the seafloor. But in addition to locomotion, these rays also help the sea robins detect prey. So they literally, by like feeling around like Daphne looking for her glasses. But they're also highly sensitive to certain amino acids that are found in ocean invertebrates. So the spines uh, may act as maneuverable chemoreceptors. So if you're ever a few inches tall and you're snorkeling on the seafloor and you get tapped on the shoulder, start swimming as fast as you can because uh, you're about to be be et, especially if for some reason you have (laughs) chemicals that are found in ocean invertebrates. You get tapped on the shoulder. He's going <laughs> to tap you on the shoulder. Like, excuse me. Would you mind being my lunch? Would you, Yeah. Would you mind being hoovered up like only a fish can do? <laughs> so the, the buccal pump or whatever. Yeah. Reverse vacuum they do. But if you, if you look at these fish, it looks like a crab. Crab legs are... They have crab legs walking. But they're... So... F- just very that, dexterous fish fish spines. So that's the explanation for my nickname. Part of it. So it's James Cameron's because it's looks it looks like uh well, the thing from Avatar, like a very brightly colored fluorescent odd looking animal. But also isn't Being, James Cameron is a huge underwater enthusiast, so it works on yes, multiple levels. Yeah, yeah. And that's also and so it's James Cam- James Cameron's Being John Malkovich because Being John Malkovich is a movie and uh John Malkovich was do you have you seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy like the 2004 version? Yes. With uh Martin Freeman. There's he's like the space pope in the middle of it. Remember? Okay. And he's like the top top part of his body comes off and he's just got a bunch of little crab legs underneath and he just kind of walks across the table just the top half of his torso and when i saw this thing in a video i was like that's exactly that was the very first thing i thought of <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my gosh like a mix between john c Riley and elton john is coming at me <laughs> with with these weird little things so um and what? then it, it ends with the way of have you not seen this? John I mean, C. Riley and Elton John. Oh, look, look I, at look at the oh, look at a picture of this his, guy. What he what he's dressed like? His character. He's got these really crazy glasses, and then he's got like this this the the John C. Riley like hairdo. Um, but uh, yeah, and then 
but I put I ended it with The Way of Water because that's what the next Avatar movie is called. And again, James Cameron loves uh, Under the Sea uh, yeah. because he's rich enough to 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 love it. Um, the rest of us can't love it. <laughs> we could just we could just we just watch his movies it, and what it would be like to love it. it. Um, so yeah, maybe not the best joke, but it works. I think it was deep. It was um, layered. Yeah, and it required a lot of explanation, which the best jokes do. So, um, anyway, continue. That's all I got. They're spindly little weirdos that feel around with their chemoreceptors. And it works? It just works. Like horse armor. Alright, so that was the... Spiny Red Gurnard... Grenard, see Robin. Um, so, for you out there in Podcastia, rim your fins, beat the crud out of your own swim bladder to communicate, and crawl along the sea floor with your branched pelvic fins, like the Gurnard here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. <laughs> I was like Bernard Butler. No wait, that's not his name. <laughs>